Welcome. We are so glad that you are here for our next edition of our Together We Believe podcast. Uh, my name is Fred Schmidt, one of the pastors at Hillcrest, and uh, we're excited to be back as we provide another uh, addition to supplement our summer sermon series called Together We Believe. And uh, each week we're sharing conversations with some of our own people about so, so we can learn from them about how we can practically and tangibly take what we're learning on Sunday morning and, uh, and help apply that to our lives in, in ways that help us to find more life and joy in Jesus. So we're here today with uh, David Bartosik. As always, thank you. It's good to be back, Fred. Good to have you. You survived your, your hiking trip. I did. I just got back from a week of backpacking and uh, quite the adventure. I was reminded why I love Camp Marriott rather than Camp Wilderness. <laughs> well, good to have you back, David. And, uh, and also with us, we have Jack and Meg Serwinski. How'd I do? Pretty, pretty good, yeah, Serwinski. Serwinski, yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, a couple of people that I think a lot of people get to see on Sunday mornings. And uh, looking forward to this being an opportunity to actually get to know you as people more, since you are still newer around here, I would say. Mm -hmm. And uh, so welcome. Why don't you guys start out, just introduce yourselves and uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and your connection around here at Hillcrest. And here's what I love. It's not pulling teeth to get them to tell us about themselves. Some of the engineers that we've been talking to over these past few weeks, it's like pulling teeth. They give us like a 30 second <laughs> snapshot. So I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit about this, uh, this couple that we are hanging with this, this uh, today. Um, yeah, so my name is Jack. I uh, am the worship pastor here at Hillcrest um, as of uh, February officially. Um, and then to, to my right, uh, obviously you can't see her, but her name is Meg. Um, she's, uh, yeah, she's my wife. She helps me do a lot of the stuff as well on Sunday mornings. Um, and uh, we're from a lot of different places. We've moved uh, quite a bit over the last uh, 10 years, let alone our lifetime. Um, so if you ever want to know our, our original location where we grew up and stuff like that, we'll gladly tell you, but it's uh, between New York, North Carolina, Iowa, Atlanta, Florida. It's all over the place, so, yeah. And I'm Meg, and have a huge passion for worship and what that is to a believer. And yeah, huge heart for the church, and just, yeah. So we don't often get to see a couple, usually it's just an individual, so the, the joy is asking the question, so what was it about Jack that made you wanna to get to know him more? What was it about Jack as, uh, as you met him in those early days of getting to know oh, him man, and started dating? Early what, days. what was it about Jack that said, man, I wanna to get to know this guy more? Other than the ravishing good looks and the beard, other than that, <laughs> what was it about that you said, I need to get to know this guy more? Uh, so we, our families were close in Florida um, that's where our families met. Jack's dad was the worship pastor and my mom was part of the worship team. And so we and also lived right across the street from each other. And if you were here this Sunday, my dad was uh, the bald man on the far left uh, stage. He's, yes. we often refer to him as Mr. Clean or Vin Diesel's stunt double. And you get <laughs> yeah. brownie points if you call him the latter, but yeah. Yeah, so did a lot of life with them there. And there was no attraction for me during those years. I was. 12, 13, 14, there was just nothing. Yeah. We were just friends. Um, and no beard yet? No beard, oh, okay. no okay. beard. Um, 
couldn't do it. <laughs> um, but yes, then several years later, I went and did an internship in Iowa with his dad, and he was there, and he asked me out on a date, and there was still no attraction there. But I said yes, because I felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then three years later, I accepted a worship leading position in New York. Sorry, so then after a few dates, she officially said no to dating oh, me Got to get that in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. There was, there was an official okay. closed door that did it's happen. Devastation. Mm. Yeah. Anyways. Heartbreak. <laughs> so... I'm in New York. I accepted this worship leading position. I knew that Jack had just accepted a worship leading position in Iowa, and there was a connection there with, like, hey, like, you've done this for a few more months than I have, and what does it look like to lead people who are older than you, and how do you deal with, like, all of these things? Um, and then we very quickly realized that for both of us that we didn't really have community at either of our churches mm -hmm. there just was no one our age like yeah. we had community but it wasn't of, like a lot of young families with young kids that didn't have capacity you know and, and we had just come from college ministry so the if you ever have that like feeling of getting off on the interstate of tons of community tons of people and then you come to a stop sign and it's just like there's no mm. and it was just it was just hard so we were but it was cool to see the Lord kind of priming us for one another. So already. the door began to open again. Yeah. Right. So right. we right. kind of became each other's community. We talked very often. States away, but still yeah. conversations. Yeah. Still conversations. A lot of like theological discussions and Bible discussions. And I love that mm -hmm. so much. And I just started seeing a lot of things in Jack that mm -hmm. I knew that I desired in a future husband. Like mm -hmm. it was just there mm. um yeah so, yes. and so even after the door closed once jack what made you say i'm willing to step through this door again <laughs> what was it about meg that made you say man I, i'm gonna i'm gonna walk back through that door uh i didn't uh she kept pursuing me so like <laughs> so it, it got it got like three months in to conversations and and then even one visit I had come out to New York just to see a, a, a band that I super love Wolfpack um, they they're just a bunch of multi-instrumentalists and good musicians and they write really fun songs and so but they were coming to do one show in America and I was like I gotta I gotta figure this out and it was New York uh, and so yeah just through connections was like yeah Meg is there any way that you know me and a couple of my buddies can just crash at your place, like mm. save a couple hundred dollars on yep. either a hotel or an Airbnb, because it's a lot to stay out in New York. Anyway, she started initiating like a lot of conversations and they were becoming less platonic, less theological, more personal. Mm. Um, and I didn't want to walk through the door again. I actually was very, very hesitant because I didn't want to sever the relationship. You know, we'd yeah. gone, at that point it was like three years without talking. And I was like, I don't, I can't, I can't do that again. Like, I, I just got the relationship back. It's a good friendship. I don't want to yeah. ruin that. And so, uh, long story short, though, I had a conversation with my pastor, and he was like, dude, your heart is uh, in turmoil, and you need to, you need to ask the question, what is this? Like, you need to just lay it out there and let her answer it. And if it's, if it's good, then it's good. Pursue it. If it's not, you need to set some boundaries then for your heart, because you know, that's not healthy. So 
one night I had called her, but it was like during rehearsal or whatever, and she had called back, and so we were talking, and I said, I have a question for you. And she said, oh yeah? Like thinking it was like some theological, mm. something deep, you know? Yeah. And I asked the question, I was like, so what, what, is, what is this? Pointing, you know, to, to both of us. So I like lost my mind and I'm like, this is the awkward moment where I tell you that if you wanted to ask me out again, I would say yes this time <laughs> and I would mean it. And yeah. <laughs> so and then, then I said, dating. yeah, and I said, I've been head over heels for you since oh, day one. So that's pretty exciting to learn that pathway of how you guys ended up getting to know each other more mm -hmm. through that friendship. And even through theology and talk about the Bible and God. So just to kind of maybe go back a little bit into some of your individual lives. When, when did that interest begin? You know, talk about like your faith journey a little mm -hmm. bit more from early on. Where did that start? How did that grow? So the, the earliest memory that I have of when I actually started engaging with my faith was actually like my mom I would wake up often to my mom like downstairs in the living room reading the word mm. I remember the first time seeing it when I was like four and then just you know watching that for a long time and then by the time I was about 11 10 or 11 probably I just recognized like what it was doing for my mom and knew that I wanted that for myself and so mm. I didn't even really know where to start I just kind of I literally did that like just where did my Bible fall open and started yeah. reading? And it's like Isaiah or something. And I'm like, I do not. <laughs> what the heck is this? But, but I know that it's good. Um, that's really where my faith started connecting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But my, my family, I come from a family of ministry. My grandpa was mm -hmm. a pastor. Mm -hmm. My dad was on staff as a youth pastor for a long time. And then my mom was like secretarial. And then that same church my uncle now pastors so it's just like all wow. the ministry so I was I was very seeped in it but I've recognized that it was real like in my mom specifically and, and that you needed to discover that for you yeah not just as a member of this family let's mm -hmm. go for the ride but but for you it really started to speak into your own heart yes that's like the earliest memory I have and then obviously you know like ups and downs and then I think that so I was saved when I was four, baptized when I was four, but you know, I'm still a kid, so my faith like is still mm -hmm. developing, and it was really just kind of like watching the people in my life more than actually engaging with the Lord himself. Um, so then I would say 10, 11, I started engaging with the Word, and then I feel like about 15, 16, I f felt like I started engaging with the Lord himself and just mm -hmm. recognizing his presence and how like he spoke to me like this is a personal god and he's close and he walks with me i it was a hard season that i really felt this start to happen and he could empathize with me and give me wisdom to walk through it and yeah so it was it was more than just words in a book and right. theology but now you're experiencing the reality of God in everyday life. Yes. And then off and on, you know, like 
would have spurts of reading my Bible for long periods of time and then not reading my Bible. And then I remember like going through probably three big periods of that. And by the end of like the third period, I like, there's just a, a lot that I knew that I was missing. There were choices that I were making that was not good. And I like, I remember just in my room, I was probably like 17, just going like, Lord, I can't do like the phase in phase out thing. Like mm. I need you for like, all the time. I can't just have spurts of this. Um, and so I was like, I don't know what needs to happen, but like, I keep choosing to walk away. So like, help me to not choose to walk away. Like, mm. make me yearn for this the way that I was designed to yearn for this. How about you, Jack? So sim- similar background, right? Uh, dad being a worship pastor, I grew up in a very um, Christ-loving home. Uh, two parents that really wanted me to know the love of God. I would say there were a couple pinnacle moments, um, you know, that, that Christ really took my life and helped me recenter it on him and then um, ultimately to where I am today, that, uh, whole, like that devotion towards him daily. The first was in Florida. I remember um, spending a lot of time in theology, in like, stu- like I kind of questioning like who is this god that you know i've been singing worship songs to for years Mm. um and i started doing a bunch of studies like with rc Sproul and stuff like that and about like year two into it i realized that i was learning a lot about god but i actually wasn't like pursuing god relationally and actually like communing with him on the regular i was just like trying to understand who he was like feeling something in the dark you know so um that was kind of huge of just like, okay, no, there's, there's a, there's a click here. Like I get to actually pursue this God relationally. And then in uh, Iowa, the college ministry that I was a part of, um, there've been a couple pinnacle people that really walked life with me that discipled me. But one in particular spent the time to, um, walk through what the gospel is, not just what it has done, but what the gospel is that, um, it is, yeah, I just, I, I'll always remember this, but it's, it's not, um, you know, salvation for the sake of, you know, obedience. Um, cause I think a lot of people just kind of have that set in mind mm-hmm. like, okay, now that I have salvation. There's, there's good works to do, but rather, um, it is because of the salvation. There's an understanding of the amount of love that's been poured out yes. for you that should stir your heart and affection for pursuing the Lord in obedience. I, I, I love that. And feel free to jump in anytime, David, uh, <laughs> as I know you will. But I, I love that because the gospel is theological. Yeah. And, and you know, this week we're, we're kind of supplementing Brian's message on this gospel that we proclaim. There's a theological component, but then it's also a very real and personal component that you just articulated very well. Mm-hmm. That, that this is this is real to me mm-hmm. and it, it's it's not just I can't just describe it theologically mm-hmm. but it makes a difference in my life mm-hmm. so package that again just help us see as succinctly as you can in your words what is the gospel I mean this is the gospel we proclaim as succinctly as you can what is that it's funny because um, this series 
engaging the mind and awakening the heart, I would definitely say that I'm on the side of engaging the mind and mm -hmm. Meg is on the side of awakening the heart. Oh yes. And there's a very real rub that happens in, in that. Like we're like even this week just discovering more and more how that has an effect on our personal life. And uh, and so it's funny because the way that we're gonna answer that question is very much in that way. I'll tell you about the engaging the mind part. She'll probably say, no, it's like this yeah. heart aspect. And so I would say, Brian spoke to it so well. The mentality of we are undeserving. Um, and I would even go to the next step and just kind of quote Ephesians, you know, we are trespassing. Um, we are deliberately walking against the Lord in rebellion. And if you, if you kind of ask culture in general, I think most people would generally say that as a whole, people are bent towards evil, <laughs> just mm -hmm. kind of bent towards doing wrong. Um, you know, the lies that we say or the, the thoughts we think, you know, if you, if you really dig down, people are often thinking that we're not good. So relationship has been severed. We do not walk with the Lord. Mm -hmm. But because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, we have access to relationship, but then we also have access to unity with the Father for eternity. Yeah, Yeah. so gospel to me, I think I would resonate with the just the lost and found part of it, mm -hmm. uh, just being lost and not even knowing that I was lost and then being found, and after being found, and knowing what that looks like and feels like, going like, oh, I was lost before. Like, now that I'm found, I know that I was lost. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. Just how relationship with God was broken because of the sin in the garden. Um, and it having to be restored through the death of Jesus because I couldn't. I couldn't pay that and the gift that that is and then just receiving it um, the gospel has a lot to do with like receiving for me because like after recognizing my own um, depravity mm -hmm. and knowing that like I can't like I literally can do nothing apart mm -hmm. from God mm -hmm. um, recognizing mm -hmm. that and then receiving the gift of Jesus hmm. and having right relationship with him because of the Holy Spirit. So. And what do you tie that emotion to? Where's that emotion stemming from? You told us some ideas, but I imagine there's a story behind that. What's that emotion tied to for you? Um, really just for like relationship with the Holy Spirit, like, and, and prayer and like, recognizing dependency and like not not feeling guilty for dependency mm. but mm. feeling grateful for the faithful one mm. yeah it's been a like a year of um just realizing how helpless i am even like in situations that you know i want to fix or areas where I'm failing and like recognizing that like in and of myself that that's impossible to like you know or, or people who are lost that I'm like I just want you to get it like mm -hmm. and recognizing mm -hmm. that I I have nothing to offer mm -hmm. them but to like go like 
but mm. Jesus is a gift that you need. Mm-hmm. And like helping them. But even even in believers, not not even that they're lost or you know that they need Jesus, they have Jesus, but there's like you know like childhood trauma or like what have you that they just need to experience like the fullness of the grace of God and that I because of the Holy Spirit and through the power of the Holy Spirit and because of what Jesus did can reflect that and just reflect what Jesus did and have that affect them and that that's the gospel like mm-hmm. have the gospel affect them in a way that like I can't do so I heard you both say the gospel is something about God that there is a divine being that that we desire that need we need to be reconciled to this holy righteous God and it's something about man it's something about our brokenness and depravity and there is this Jesus that come in comes in to reconcile us to this God and then I heard you both speak to our response so how might you feels like our response ought to be to lean in that would be the natural inclination to receive this gospel and yet it gets fractured seems like in two primary ways one we go I don't need to be reconciled I'm good mm-hmm. but then there's another response that that uh, that I see where where people go I'm just not worthy of that reconciliation so first of all I just love this question because I think that I thank am. you Meg you know I feel you know, just, <laughs> great questions no, no, David <laughs> you know it's just uh, I, I don't know where I pull these questions David's from David's like I wrote them <laughs> or Fred's like I wrote them out David's just saying them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fred pulls the strings around here Meg Fred that is not true that is not true but I no I love it because I I would say that like for for us like we were on opposite sides of the spectrum of you know I think. Jack struggles a lot with the, I'm not worthy, and I struggle a lot with the, but I'm good enough, and Jesus needs me to be on fire for his kingdom, and so, like, it's, yeah. Yeah, uh, I actually think of, there's a book called um, Worship Matters, and it's by a guy named Bob Coughlin, who's been a worship pastor for I don't know, like 20, 30 years now. I mean, he's just an awesome guy. And uh, he wrote a section. He was like, um, yeah, I was sitting, you know, I just accepted this uh, position, but I was feeling burnt out and all this stuff. And talks about um, going to his friend's house and just telling him how overwhelmed he was and just like leaning into his friend and saying like, I just need the gospel spoken to me once more, you know, all this mentality. Uh, And he says, you know, I feel I just feel so hopeless and his friend turns to him and says I don't think you're hopeless enough Mm. and there's just a when we feel so we look at the gospel and say wow like I'm I'm undeserving or I'm unworthy of it uh, I think that there's still even in that you can hear a tone of like there's still some pride that needs to be weeded out that we yes like if you feel that, feel it all the more. The Lord saved you because he loves you, and that's it. Yeah. There's nothing you can offer to earn the salvation, because that's, I think, what the underlying felt is that, like, I don't deserve it because I know I can't offer anything, and that's not what the Lord does, wants. He doesn't want your servitude. He just wants you to see his love for you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then the, yeah, that latter part of Ephesians too. It's it's out of that response that we do the good works that's before us, not beforehand. And I think that that is so something that is so helpful for me is like when I hear somebody go, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling un, unworthy of the gospel. Absolutely, you are. That's mm-hmm. the whole point, right? You no, know, like when you say that, that should amplify the gospel all the more. I, so a little confession time for me. Uh, you know, I've been a part of Hillcrest Bible Church for, I don't know, 25, 26, 27 years, something like that. And, um, you know, Sunday after Sunday, I would get to a point where, okay, I can, I can feel the preacher's making the turn. He's coming around. He's right. going to present the gospel. <laughs> the and, cliche. And I'm like, oh, I already know this. You know, yes. I'm going to kind of tune out. I may be thinking about what time the Packers are on or yes. something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, you know, I got to rethink that. I, I got to be more spiritual. So I'm, I'm going to, when, when the, he starts making that turn, I'm going to start praying that, you know, if there's anybody here who, who really needs to soak this in, you know, because I've heard it before, I understand it, yeah. but I'm going to pray for others. And it's been more recently when I realize I need to continually hear and appreciate mm-hmm. and meditate and, and marvel at the gospel, mm-hmm. at the simplicity of the gospel for me, because of what you said, Jack, I'm not worthy. Yeah. Where does this? Where does this come? What an amazing gift this is! Um, and so that—that's my confession. That's been part of my journey to, to keep hearing the gospel. Don't become bored. Brian talked about that. Don't become bored with the gospel, but marvel, marvel at it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jack and Meg, thank you so much for sharing your your story, your heart, and uh, just your love for this gospel we proclaim uh, next week tune back in and hey drum roll please jack brrr, uh, we, you can now subscribe to our together we believe podcast on your uh, apple Podcasts, google play or anywhere you find your podcasts that's a, a pretty big deal we've been working on that and it is now available so please subscribe and enjoy as we continue these podcasts together we believe this summer <laughs>